Today on The Family Answer Man, we're answering your questions about helping kids deal with peer pressure and breaking the anxiety cycle from a biblical worldview on The Family Answer Man program. This is David Orges here with Dr. Mark Crosby, the Family Answer Man himself. This time is designed to answer questions commonly asked both in the counseling and church settings. Our goal is to answer general questions from a biblical worldview through the lens of our collective years of experience and education to help you, our listeners, have a stronger, healthier, and happier family. We want to thank the incredible peoples at Winter's Air and Day's Smokehouse and Specialty Meats for underwriting today's show. Winter's Air is located in Denham Springs and services the Denham Springs and surrounding areas. Day's Smokehouse is located at 35770 LA Highway 16, just north of Denham Springs. This show is not a therapy session and it's not specific advice to your situation. Mental health is a very serious issue. Family dynamics can be and often are very complicated and dynamic. So for more in-depth answers to your questions, we encourage you to seek professional, specific counsel to your circumstances. We hope that this episode of The Family Answer Man will encourage you and inspire you to make changes that will lead to a stronger, healthier, and happier family. Well, I'm David, and I am your host, and I have a master's in professional counseling and 18 years in ministry, but I am here joined by the family answer man, Dr. Mark Crosby, and he has his PhD in family psychology, a master's in clinical counseling, a master of education in pastoral counseling and theology, and a master in law with a focus in mediation. He is a licensed professional counselor, a licensed professional counselor supervisor, and a licensed marriage and family therapist. Dr. Mark, you have an extensive history of dealing with um, kids, and we're talking today about peer pressure and anxiety, and uh, you have helped a lot of kids and parents um, work through some of these issues before, and I'm sure you have experienced some of these with your own kids. Yeah, peer pressure and anxiety is something that no one is immune, right? I mean, we've all dealt with peer pressure, and as you're about to discover, as we're about to continue to say this morning, peer pressure never ends. Mm -hmm. Uh, Whether you're 10 years old, you know, going into the classroom for the first time, you know, maybe in middle school, or uh, you're, you know, on the football team for the first time, or you're a new hire at the new company, uh, there's going to be a sense of peer pressure. You want to fit in. You want to feel connected. You want to feel that people like you. You want to do whatever it takes to have that sense of connection and attachment, if you will, with those in your classroom, those in the football team, those, you know, in your you know corporate office. And so peer pressure is real, and it never goes away. Uh, the problem with peer pressure is that sometimes it brings us into situations situations or in the circumstances that we're going to do something that we normally wouldn't do or maybe even shouldn't do. Uh, it causes us to maybe compromise our values, compromise our morals, compromise our ethics, and or compromise just our basic beliefs. And so handling peer pressure and handling it well is very important and also being aware that it is there, being aware that peer pressure is something that no matter what circumstance or what situation you find yourself in, it is around the corner, it is there, and it is a concern that we must be mindful of. You know, and that's a really interesting point just to bring up before we even have uh, these questions that we answer today specifically, is that peer pressure is 
commonly thought of, like you said, of, you know, walking into the classroom, the 10-year-old, the Mm 16-year-old, you know, what are you peer pressured into at school? But uh, it's not limited to that, and it it transfers and it follows us into adulthood. And um, I think sometimes maybe can be a little bit more hidden, but a little more intense as well. And uh, something for everyone to remember as we dive into our first question today on the Family Answer Man. Uh, This question is specifically about peer pressure for kids and from a parental perspective, the question is this, how do I stop my kids from giving into peer pressure? Wow. And so the reality is that number one, as we said earlier, peer pressure is real. And I think sometimes you need to let your child know, here is what you can expect. When you enter that school for the first time, when you uh, join this particular you know group for the first time, maybe the football team or the choir even, whomever it may be, there's going to be a sense of peer pressure. So it is very, very real. Number two, as we said before, it never ends. In other words, you will constantly be dealing with peer pressure. Peer pressure is basically a type of temptation. And so it never ends. Like I said, you know, when you're the middle school child, you know, going into your freshman year the first time, maybe in high school, uh, going into college for the first time, joining that fraternity, that sorority, whatever it may be, Peer pressure never ends, or even as an adult, you know, getting that new job, being that new hire, being the new person in the office. So it never ends because the reality is we all want to fit in. We all want to feel a connection. And there's nothing wrong with that. I think we were wired, we were created to want to uh, fellowship and feel a connection. Um, So again, whether you're a student, whether you're a, you know, corporate executive, uh, these realities are there because we want to, again, find the approval from those around us. So how do you and your child manage it? That's the primary question today. So how do you, the parent, and your child manage it? Number one, I'd say this. First of all, I think we need to create a connection and a loyalty within the family between the parent and child. What I mean by that is this. Sometimes as parents, especially when we have uh, pre-adolescent or adolescent uh, children in our home, sometimes we're busy as parents. You know, we work Mm -hmm. late. uh, We have obligations. We have other uh, hobbies and concerns that we have to do. We have to cut the grass, you know, between the, you know, the, the monsoons. The monsoon <laughs> yeah. season. And so, uh, so we have a lot on our plate. You know, we have, you know, you know, the, the food to make and the supper and, and all these things. And so sometimes my point is our child kind of gets lost in the shuffle. And so we may not be mindful of where they are. And when that happens, the child may not feel a sense of connection or a sense of loyalty to the family. But when parents are mindful that, look, you know, we want to create this sense of accountability, we want to create this sense of loyalty, we want to create this sense of internal control. We talked about a couple of weeks ago where the child wants to please the parent, the child feels a connection to the parent. So the first thing is you want that child to have the sense of my loyalty, my connection uh, is with my family. And that takes time. That takes effort. That takes, again, being uh, consciously aware of what your child needs and being involved in their life. Which is interesting. You know, um, one of the things I think that parents can feel a lot of times is that 
the child is the center of their universe, their children. Mm-hmm. I mean, the house schedule goes around the baby, right? Uh, right. <laughs> you know, around right. shuffling kids to and from uh, activities, cheer, baseball, sports, you right. know, uh, band, music lessons, those kind of things. And But I think that's an interesting distinction that you made, that it's not necessarily the schedule, but it is it's making sure that the child feels seen right. and heard right. and known. Right. And also, too, and this, this is something I think sometimes we forget about, and I don't want to dwell too much on this, but sometimes I think it's important that the parent let the child know that peer pressure is real. It's something you're going to face, but also to be aware of what I call the consequences, that if you you know go down this road or if you allow yourself to uh, you know, succumb to peer pressure, you know, these are some things that could happen. These are some things that you need to be mindful of. These are some things that could go wrong in, in your life. So having that talk, having those powwows, if you will, having those moments where you're spending some time with your child, but also letting them know, here's some things that are on the horizon. So number two, uh, then I would say this, create confidence in the life of your child. In other words, Children who lack confidence are more likely to succumb to peer pressure. The reason is I want to feel connected. I want to feel someone's approval. I want to feel that I'm a part of somebody's group or what have you. And so I'm willing to do anything for that to happen. And that happens when I lack confidence. And so what a parent can do is nurture the skills of their child. So if their child, you know, it loves sports, football, basketball, baseball, track, whatever, get involved in that with them, you know, support Mm -hmm. them, encourage them. If it's music, if it's choir, if it's, you know, things of that nature, get involved, be a part of that. But in other words, uh, bless their efforts, you know, let them know, hey, I'm your biggest fan. Let them know I really see what you're doing. Um, yeah, or if they're interested maybe in you know karate or martial arts or Brazilian jiu-jitsu or wrestling or whatever it may be, boxing, whatever it may be, you know, say, I'm going to encourage that. I'm going to be a part of that. Anything that builds up a child's confidence. You know, every child has, I would say, some gift, some natural gift in some area. Mm-hmm. Music, mechanics, you know, athletics, whatever it may be. Find out what that is and really encourage and support that so they can have that confidence that says, I am confident in who I am. I don't need your approval. I don't need to do things that are against you know, my convictions uh, in order to fit in with you or your group. I know who I am. And so when a parent blesses their child with compliments, blesses them with a sense of praise, recognizes their efforts, that builds up the child's confidence. And that's powerful. The reason why I say that is because I work with a lot of kids who say, you know, I never heard a compliment from my dad. Mm. My mom never told me she was proud of me. Uh, whenever I made uh, an A, I always heard, why didn't you make an A plus? And so that really begins to wear down and, and tear down, if you will, the confidence of a child. But when a child knows that, hey, my parents recognize my efforts, my parents have blessed me, they have encouraged me, they have, you know, been a part of my life to to do the things that I enjoy doing and I feel good about who I am, that builds that confidence, which again, counteracts that peer pressure. You know, I've heard it said that uh, a, a good compliment is to compliment something that is, uh, says something about somebody's value. Mm-hmm. So their effort, right. what they've put into something rather than, you know, telling your um, daughter, oh, you have such beautiful eyes. They're not in control of that. But right. to say, wow, I love the way that you are, you show kindness to others. Exactly. What would you say are some of those key factors that are going to help 
parents give good compliments to their kids. Yeah, when, when, when a child, you know, does well, you know, on a test, when a child does well maybe at a, in a musical performance or athletic, you know, maybe they, you know, did well on the basketball team or, you know, they got a hit on the baseball team or they, you know, uh, they fixed something. You know, maybe the lawnmower broke and he, you know, or she went out there and got the tools and fixed it. You're going, wow, what is so awesome. You know, you're so amazing. Or maybe the child just did something that out of the ordinary. Like when you came home, uh, they unloaded the dishwasher, okay, or whatever. And you notice that. And instead of saying, you know, something to the effect of, well, that's no more than, than what you should have done, uh. you really say, wow, that was really sweet. That's really kind. You know, you're, you're just an amazing, you know, kind, you know, thoughtful person. And and that speaks into the confidence of, of that child's life. That's really good advice. Yeah. Uh, what this also does, thirdly, if you're kind of, you know, keeping notes, so to speak, uh, help them. This helps them form their identity. In other words, when you're 11, 12, 13, but definitely in your adolescent years, forming an identity is very important. So meaning, you know, what am I good at? Is it athletics? Is it music? Is it mechanics? Is it academics? Is it art? Is it theater? You know, what is it that I, I feel, and is it computers? I mean, whatever it may be, what is it that I'm good at? And the more confident you have in your identity, the less likely that peer pressure is going to take you know, over in your child's life when that moment comes. Um, another thing that we sometimes forget as parents, and that is encouraging and supporting friendships in your child's life that are healthy. It's amazing to me the number of parents when I ask them, do you know the names of your child's friends? Do you know have you met your child's friends? Do you know who it is that's calling them, who is emailing them, who's FaceTiming them, who their Facebook friends are, or whatever how you want to put it these days? But do you know who they are? And a lot of times the parents will have this deer in the headlight look, and they're going, well, I know there's this kid named Johnny, I think, or, or whatever, <laughs> this girl you know, named Amanda, I think. Uh, well, the reality is that when you support friendships that are healthy, when you know your child's friends, that helps to create a sense of connection whereby peer pressure now is no longer as great. Again, you're never going to reduce peer pressure, just any more than you're going to reduce temptation. But what you can begin to reduce is the effect or the impact it has upon the child. And so when I have identity, when I have confidence, when I have a family that's supporting me, when I have friends that I know I can count on, when I know who my people are, sometimes as we say, I know who my peeps are, right? When, when I know who they are, I no longer have to succumb, I no longer have to give in to someone's temptation or peer pressure. Uh, another thing I think sometimes we as parents can do is this, as we said before, warn your child what peer pressure looks like and sounds like. And also what to do when they begin to feel uncomfortable. In other words, in the life of a child, when they are being tempted, when peer pressure becomes great, there are those warning lights that go off where a child is going, this doesn't sound right, this doesn't look right, this doesn't feel right. And so sometimes we as parents, going back to what we said a week or two ago about coaching, sometimes you need to rehearse with your child. If you're in the gym at school, if you're at a function, you know, at a friend's home, if you are in a certain situation and something is going on and they are trying to get you to do something that you feel that you should not be doing, rehearse with your child. In other words, here's who you call. 
You know, if something's going on, if something's happening, if these things are taking place that you feel very uncomfortable with, here's who you call. Here's what you say. You know, here is what you can do. And you begin to rehearse with them a little bit some things so that if that situation occurs, because the reality is all of us find ourselves in situations, and the more we have rehearsed it in our mind, the more we have been through that situation, the more likely we are to get through it. Remind them it's okay to say no today so you don't have to worry about it tomorrow. Hmm. I think a lot of children forget that because we live in the moment, right? But sometimes as parents, we need to remind our, our children, our teenagers, that again, it's okay to say no today so you don't have to worry tomorrow. And those little tidbits, those little seeds, if you will, as basic as they may sound, when a parent really implements them and incorporates them into the life of a child, really does, in many cases, reduce how the child handles the peer pressure uh, in their life. I think that's really insightful that, you know, peer pressure isn't going to be eliminated and you can't eliminate that for your kids. And, and you really probably shouldn't eliminate that for your kids Otherwise, they're going to have to learn how to deal with peer pressure later on anyway. Exactly. But teaching them now right. how to deal with it, manage it, uh, and, and handle it well actually prepares them not just for, right. you know, when they're 16 or, right. you know, when they're six or, you know, but it prepares them for when they're, you know, 36. And right. like you said, they're walking into a new career and they've got a, a new peer group and people that they're around and uh, really prepares them for life. And peer pressure, again, it, it never it never goes away. And, and I know... Again, our audience, you know, we have a lot of pastors who, who listen to uh, this radio station, but even pastors will struggle with peer pressure, especially mm. if a pastor comes along and says, well, here's a, a new theological uh, explanation for this or that. And this is the, the growing trend, if you will, in our particular group or our particular denomination or whatever. And if you don't think in these terms, if you don't believe in these terms, you know, you're not up to date with this or that. And so even, you know, pastors who are listening to this will sometimes find themselves saying, well, I want to fit in with my peers. I want to fit in with, you know, my colleagues, et cetera. Uh, maybe they're better trained or better educated, and maybe I'm missing out on something. And so sometimes even, even in that world, peer pressure uh, can take its toll. And so the point is, is that no matter who you are, how young, how old, or even what your profession may be, peer pressure can sometimes take a toll on you if you do not manage it well. The family answer man right there. <laughs> Managing your peer pressure well is a key to success. It really is. It really is. Well, Dr. Mark, the second question that we have today um, is written in, and it says that my son is very anxious, which mm. makes me anxious, which makes him even more anxious. Wow. Yeah. How do I break this cycle? Anxiety, again, is one of those things that no matter who you are or where you come from, or in some cases, you know, how deep your faith may be, anxiety is a reality because there are areas in our life that do frighten us. And that's basically what anxiety is. Anxiety is a fear of what might happen. When you are maybe giving a sermon for the first time or a speech for the first time or you're leading a group for the first time or you're doing a wedding or a funeral if you're a pastor for the first time or whatever it may be, there is this fear of what might could happen, what could go wrong. Mm -hmm. And so anxiety is something that, again, we all experience. We all have this concern, whether it be weather, you know, hurricane season, you know, people uh, were 
we're kind of reminiscing in these last few days about the great flood here in Livingston Parish. And, and whenever there's a lot of rain or there's, you know, a storm coming our way, a lot of people still get anxious, fearing of what might could happen. And so that's all anxiety is. You know, it's a fear of what might could happen, uh, either based on our experiences or even based on things that we've never experienced, but maybe others have experienced. And we're concerned that we may experience something very similar. So that's what anxiety is, a fear of what might happen. Secondly, there's different types of anxiety. Uh, There is separation anxiety. When uh, a child leaves their mom or their dad for the first time to go to school or kindergarten or preschool, Mm. there's this separation anxiety. There's social anxiety. Uh, Do I fit in? Do people like me? Do people want me around? And there's also specific phobias of anxiety. Uh, People maybe have a fear of dogs or I'm going to go to this person's house and and they have dogs in their yard and I'm just so, you know, anxious and fearful of what may happen. But the most common, perhaps, I would argue, is simply called generalized anxiety, which is basically excessive worry about some things that could happen. Uh, whatever that may be, whether it's weather, whether it's your health, whether it's, you know, uh, fitting in somewhere, you know, for the first time. But there are some symptoms that we need to be mindful of, of, of anxiety. Number one, I would argue uh, when a person is always on edge, when they're always keyed up, uh, when they're easily fatigued or they're tired all the time because they had all this energy that has been released in dealing with this fear, this anxiety, when they can't concentrate on what they need to focus on, whether it be school or work, when they're irritable all the time, when they're tense, when they can't sleep, when their work is not up to par. All of these are symptoms of a person who is struggling with anxiety. Now, here's the question that this person is asking, and this is what most of our listeners are wanting to know. So what do you do? Mm-hmm. When you are anxious, when you are concerned about a hurricane in the Gulf, when you're concerned about what that doctor is going to say, when you're concerned about you know what's going to happen in court, when you're concerned about how well you're going to do you know on your job or, or in the classroom. So what do you do when you're feeling anxiety? Number one, you face it because it's not going to go away. Uh, you can't pretend it's not there. So you face your anxiety. You begin to ask yourself, what is it that I'm afraid of? What is it that I'm most concerned about. And as you begin to face it, the most important thing, secondly, is that you begin to prepare what to do when you about what may happen. In other words, if a hurricane is coming your way, rather than getting worried and anxious, and you will, you start preparing. You know, you get your generator out, you buy water, you board up your windows, but you begin to prepare for what could happen. And as you prepare, the anxiety doesn't go away, but it does, it does lessen somewhat. Uh, number three, uh, very similar to number two, you begin to rehearse. If this happens, then then I'm going to do this. So I'm going to rehearse it. I'm going to you know, do the fire drill, if you will. I'm going to do, you know, I'm going to make sure that we know where the exits are or whatever it may be. I'm going to make sure that I know, you know, how to manage the situation. I'm going to have a good understanding of my surroundings. I'm going to rehearse what I would do, even in if it's rehearsing in my mind, but sometimes you rehearse, you know, physically, I'll I'll go here, there's an exit door, I'm going to see where this leads, but you begin to rehearse. Um, A lot of times, uh, actors, entertainers, musicians, singers, they'll they'll walk on the stage, and they'll just get a feel for the stage, and a feel for, you know, what the stage looks like, and and they'll just maybe go over their, you know, their song, or their, their, you know, uh, solo, or whatever they're about to do, 
just to get a feel for it. Next, you seek professional advice. Sometimes we need to hear not from our friend or someone who knew someone or what we read on, you know, a Facebook or what we looked up on the Internet. But sometimes we need sound professional advice about whatever it is we're afraid of. Yeah, I think there's a lot of um, crowdsourced advice, like you said, from friends, you Mm -hmm. know, scrolling through TikTok, hearing all these different different voices, different people coming right. in trying to give us, you know, advice and some of it's good and some of it's not, and it, but it can be hard to filter that out and mm-hmm. figure out what is uh, good advice. Like you said, professional advice and advice, you know, that's specific to our situations right. can be very helpful. You know, you listen to your physician, you listen to your attorney, you listen to, you know, your therapist or whoever it may be uh, about whatever situation you're dealing with. You listen, you know, to, you know, the, uh, to the weatherman, if you will, about what's actually happening and what we need to be mindful of. But you seek professional advice. Uh, and again, like I said before, you have a plan. What, you know, if this were to happen, if this were to happen, what's the plan? Mm. You know, uh, years ago, and I don't know why this happened, but years ago, I have an idea, I think, but years ago, I had a sense of fear or anxiety about flying. Okay. <laughs> and I'll quickly tell this story. I didn't like flying. It was after 9-11. And um, I had this fear of flying. Now, I had flown before. I never had a bad experience in flying. But it was after 9-11 and this sense of anxiety. And so my point is, is that I began to listen to those who, you know, flew a lot and, and pilots who, you know, manned the planes. And, and there was this one person who was both a mental health professional and a former pilot. And he said something I'll never forget. He said that every plane that has ever had a problem they have looked at it and examined it, and anything that could go wrong that caused the plane to malfunction, if you will, they have put in seven backups to everything that could ever go wrong. And he said, this is why planes is the safest way of flying. Or so the safest, safest way of, tra- way of tra- traveling. Yeah. Right. That flying is the also safest probably way. the safest way to fly. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Those, those birds just throw me off all the time. <laughs> but but anyway, that 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 yeah, flying is is the safest way to travel. And so, because everything has a backup, anything that could go wrong, there's a backup to the backup to the backup to the backup to the backup. And I got to thinking about that. And this is my point. I'm thinking, no wonder this is the safest way to travel. No wonder because. Everything that could possibly go wrong has backups to its backups to its backup. And that's one reason why, you know, tens of thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands of people every day fly around the world right. without any incident. So my point is knowing those facts, knowing the reality of what it is that you're dealing with. Um, and last of all, I'd say this. Uh, invite the Lord into your situation. Uh, the Bible says, what, cast all of your care, all your anxiety upon him. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and invite him into whatever situation that, that you're dealing with. Real quick, quick, quickly, a couple more things. Uh, don't worry alone. Mm. Don't worry alone. I think sometimes when we are anxious, when we are fearful, you know, what's the judge going to say? You know, what's the doctor going to say? What's, you know, my wife going to say or whatever? You know, what's my husband going to say? You know, don't worry alone. Have someone that you are sharing this with, having someone that you can express your fears. You know, so many men who may be listening, you know, have this sense of, I just need to hold it inside. I need to keep it to myself. I will argue that's the worst thing you can do. Yeah. Don't hold it in uh, because all you're going to do is eventually explode. Keep a log also of what you've been through and how, you know, God worked it out in your life, how you overcame it. And um, again, uh, be mindful and remember and remind yourself of what God brought you through. 
in a similar situation. You know, when, you know, five years ago when you went through uh, this or that, or like many in this community went through the great flood, you know, six years ago, how did God bring you through that? And keep a log of that and remind yourself of that. And as you're doing these things, it doesn't take away the anxiety, but it does reduce it. Yeah. And, you know, and I think one of the things that uh, we get in a trap, we, we label our emotions as positive emotions or negative emotions. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're not necessarily always negative. Um, you know, they can be uncomfortable and they can be dif- difficult. Right. But, you know, some of the things that you pointed out, anxiety can drive us. It's, you know, God has given us our emotions right. and he has given us the capacity to feel. Um, and they can drive us to do healthy things like to prepare and right. to be ready and to rehearse and make sure that we are successful. That common principle, and we'll close with this, is... Only focus on what you have control over. Yeah. And if you focus on that and you do something about that, the anxiety begins to lessen and you begin to feel a little bit more in control of your of who you are, which is all you have to, to, to control, and things begin to get better. The Family Answer Man, Dr. Mark Crosby. We are so thankful, Dr. Mark, for that insight for today, the answers that we had to the questions, uh, again, about anxiety and peer pressure. Uh, we want to thank the incredible people at Winter's Air and Day's Smokehouse and Specialty Meats for underwriting today's show. And as a reminder, this is not a therapy session. We do air, we encourage you to seek professional mental health for your specific situations. Um, and we want you to know that we are here for you on The Family Answer Man. Uh, we want to inspire you to make changes that will lead to a stronger, healthier, and happier family. So please reach out to us at familyanswerman at loumc.org or soundradioinfo at milldale.org for your questions.